Well, hello and welcome to Virtual Team Dynamics, the All Fire podcast. My name is Francis Norman. I'm the founder and principal consultant here at All Fire. At All Fire, we specialize in helping you get the most from your virtual teams through understanding how your team members communicate and interact. This is episode number 42, and today we're going to be talking about big data. So um, really just trying to put a bit of perspective on what big data is and how it may or may not impact on teams into the future. Now, as with all of our podcasts, there's an accompanying blog article on the All Fire website. So please do check it out for additional information. And of course, while you're there, of course, sign up for our regular newsletter. Find out a bit more about how we may be able to help you and your business. So big data, oh dear, there seems to have been nowhere this year where big data hasn't been mentioned. It's been on the news virtually every week, every month, it's been virtually every kind of journal, it's on on the tip of the tongue of a lot of business leaders and it's also something that gets talked about a great deal in the startup community. Everybody it seems wants to do something with big data but I really do question how many people actually understand what big data is and what the good and the bad and the opportunities and the challenges are with this um, very fashionable term that we're all being talked with these days. So I thought I would start off this article really just by, by reflecting a little bit on what big data is and why it's come about just at this time in, in history and then move on to some of the things that it may or may not be able to do to help us with our businesses and how it may impact on the way teams operate going into the future. So fundamentally, big data is that vast pool, sea, ocean, whatever term you want to use for it, of data which is generated all the time, everywhere. So you've got things like um, like the engine of a jetliner when it's flying around the world will generate massive amounts of data in terms of diagnostics of what's happening with that engine. Your mobile phone usage, even if it's just down to metadata, is generated all the time, everywhere you move. The GPS things on your phone sends things through. Um, that data generally gets discarded, but some of it is is definitely being stored, and there's an awful lot of talk in the media these days about monitoring of all of that sort of stuff. Things like how often we all use public transport when we use, if you have a, um, a tag-on system on public transport, how often you tag on where you go, what your travel habits are, what your shopping habits are, what your credit card usage is. All these sorts of things are huge contributors to this pool of big data. Then there are massive science experiments like the um, uh, like the accelerator in uh, in Europe and the and the square kilometer array that's being built uh, in Australia, which will generate again colossal vast amounts of data. The big challenge, of course, is that an awful lot of this data. Firstly, for a long, long time, we didn't have the computing power to store it. 
and we certainly didn't have the computing power to manipulate the data to actually see through through the noise into what is actually information. So in the article, we, we sort of try and draw a bit of an analogy between what d- data is and what the information that's contained within that data is. So if you imagine a huge a sea full of salt water, that that is essentially what your big data is. Now, if the information that you actually want, the useful information you want, is the salt in that salt water, you have to remove all of the water before you can get to the salt and that is very, very much the first pass that has to be made with all of this data. Someone needs to work out ways where they can see through all of the noise and all of the data that is of no real use whatsoever and to get through to the data which has an actual value. And that value may be a commercial value, that value may be a societal value, or it may be a security value in some instances. Even then, though, once you get the raw salt from the ocean you still need to process that salt to turn it into something that has a real value and that essentially is the second phase of of the data analytics and data mining that happens to the data to go from it being this enormous pool stream of of data to being something which has a use and then once you've got to that end point you then need to determine whether the the data that you now have the potentially useful data you need to determine how you can use it what you can use it for how you're going to manipulate it to to get the best value from it what it's going to tell you what it's not going to tell you and of course you've got to consider what the ethical uh, impact will be of any data that you then start to use so currently most data that's extracted where it comes from human sources has to be de-identified, it has to be anonymized such that, yes, you may know that a thousand people take a particular train to travel from one location to another, but you would be prohibited from actually knowing who those people are and anything more about them. So there is there is a long way to go to go from the, the point of origin of this data through to the point of actual use and deployment of the information which comes out from all of that analytical work that's needed to get from beginning to end. So that's sort of a bit of a potted story about what big data is and what it might or might not be. The next question of course then is how that is going to impact on us. Now on the one hand having the ability to actually use a lot of this data and to start to finally get some value from a lot of the numbers and the, and the information which is generated around the world gives us huge amounts of opportunities. In the medical space, for instance, if you can generate a lot more data, you can start to see better ways to treat people. In, a, in something like a traffic management space, if you can see a lot more data about the people and the, and the habits of those that use the roads, you can come up with ways that will free up a lot of traffic. Um, similarly, on a mobile phone and an internet um, facility, you can start to see ways where you can, you can provide people better services without actually necessarily having to add to the technology that's physically deployed.
And again, within within the industrial space, if you can find ways to manage the analytics coming from a lot of the data which is generated by an industrial plant or by that jet engine we talked about early on, you can minimise downtime, you can make plants operate a lot safer, and you can make it so that the operators that work in these facilities and that work on these machines are only called to undertake their work as and when it's absolutely appropriate to do so. So rather than maintaining or performing maintenance on a particular machine or particular equipment based on a time uh, function, so you say, okay, my car needs to be serviced every six months, every nine months, every 12 months, you then get to the point where the diagnostics in your vehicle or in your plant can say to you, no, I don't need to be done yet. Leave it for another week, another month, another fortnight or whatever. And eventually you'll get to the point where your vehicle will make an appointment for you to get particular maintenance done and that maintenance will be undertaken and it will be exactly what is needed to keep your vehicle operating at its most appropriate and optimum level. Now, how all of this lot will impact on virtual teams is still something that that we are very much grappling with. Um, On the one hand, the, the team itself, the functioning of the team is definitely going to change. There will be some areas in the functioning of every virtual team which will change somewhat based on the information and whatever that comes from big data manipulation. Now, some of that will be from the use of machine learning, for, so computers that, that learn along the way and that become better and better at doing jobs, just as humans do. They learn as they as they evolve, as they get more experience. There is similar software available now in computers that, that, that they call machine learning, where, where the computer will continually become better at doing things. So there are some roles with that where virtual teams have been uh, deployed in the past. For instance, if work has been sent from a high-cost, high-skilled centre to a low-cost medium skilled centre, some of the skills that may be at that low cost end and equally some of the skills at the high cost end will eventually be automated through the use of both big data and machine learning to the point where the people who historically would have undertaken that work will find that that work, that their own roles will change. The work they used to do will then be performed by computers. Their role will become possibly one of monitoring and oversight to make sure that the work by the machines is done right and to act as a quality control. So there will be changes in that respect. There will be changes in the way that some teams will interact as well. Some teams may find that uh, that some of the some of the automation that comes into their workplace may make their communications easier. We certainly hope it doesn't make it any harder, but it will certainly there will be there'll be opportunities where it will make things easier. There will of course be winners and losers as there are in every change there will be people whose jobs will disappear and there will be people who will have opportunities to take on new unseen jobs if we look at things right now so there are there are going to be winners and losers all the way through but the one thing which is absolutely for sure is regardless of what happens with big data certainly for the let's say the foreseeable future, there will always be opportunities in there for the little people, as we referred to them in the article, for for the humans to be part of a lot of this work. There will both be an opportunity and there will be a need and an imperative for people to be part of all of this.
So I hope this article has been informative and maybe useful for you to uh, to to try and get your head around some of the impacts and some of the things that big data means for us all. Um, anybody that has any insights or any thoughts around how big data may or may not impact their teams and their virtual teams, their jobs, their future jobs, we would really, really love to hear from you. The best way to do that is to jump onto the Ulfire website, which is www.ulfire.com.au. Find the particular page that this uh, that this podcast is associated with, and put a comment on there. And we love to hear from people. We love to get the comments, and uh, we will, of course, respond appropriately as and when we hear from people. So, in the meantime, I hope that you all have a very good week and look forward to speaking to you in the future. Thank you and goodbye.